Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Conversations on Conversations, where each week we explore a topic to help us have more powerful conversations with ourselves and with other people. I'm your host, Sarah Noel Wilson. And one of the things, one of the reasons we started this show was to be able to explore topics that we might not normally talk about in the workplace. And we've had to reschedule for a few reasons for you know, tree trimmings and <laughs> all of that. <laughs> but I am so so excited to introduce our guest this week and the topic we'll be talking about. So let me introduce you to Nicholas Kochnik Papadopoulos, who is an author, speaker, executive coach, facilitator, consultant, and disruptor who's committed to inspiring leaders, teams, and prepare people to live purposefully and to transform the world. He's an energetic and charismatic speaker. He's been a keynote speaker nationally on topics uh, related to transformation, men, inclusion, culture engagement, and leadership. Coach Nick is committed to male transformation so that men redefine what it means to be a man, therefore showing up differently in today's world. He's been successfully running men's groups and retreats for over 14 years and currently facilitates two groups. He's had a top 25 ranked podcast in delivering male-driven transformational leadership topics called Dudes of Disruption. He joins us from New York. And as you can tell from the bio, we're going to be exploring this, I think, really important topic of, of men and intimacy right. and all of all of the things that come along with that. Welcome, Coach Nick. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me on. Hello, everyone. And I'm excited to be on to talk about Dudes. Dudes, <laughs> dudes. The dudes. Right, exactly. What before we before we start talking about the dudes, um, <laughs> I, I I am so excited for this. I shouldn't set the bar. Like I should set it really low. I know. Low. Now I'm, getting, well, now we'll I'm feeling see. a little pressure. Now. I know. Okay, I better deliver. <laughs> I but, but but part of the reason part of the reason that I'm I'm so um, excited is because it's something so near and dear to my heart. You know, my my husband, Nick, my Nick, you know, we have a lot of conversations around the impact of masculinity and the rules and roles. So I'm I'm just personally um, very much invested in this. Thank you. But okay, so what else should we know about you? What else would you want people to know about you before we we jump into talking about dudes? Be careful what you ask for, Sarah. Wasn't that long? (laughs) Wasn't that long enough? It's almost as long as my my first and last name. You know, I would say, you know, you know, I would just say that the work that I do is both in the personal development and the organizational development space. And regardless of the space, you know, as humans, we take ourselves everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so the work Mm -hmm. that I do, um, you know, you may use different words or you may frame things or expressions or sentiments a little differently. And at the end of the day, it's really, um, you know, people, peopling. You know, and yeah. pe- people, you know, being messy and, and, you know, I love, I love the, you know, the, your, your podcast conversations about conversations, because um, again, regardless if it's in the corporate space or personal development space, uh, conversations like this are super important. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I appreciate your language of, you know, as humans, we take ourselves everywhere. I th- we do. Think that's about, it's about the snappiest way that I've described it. It's like, well, we don't, actually turn off parts of ourselves. We may yeah. compartmentalize it, but it's Absolutely. it's with us, especially, you know, when we talk about emotions and we talk about like, I, you know, the people who are, uh, you know, we just need to leave emotions at the door. And it's like, well, that doesn't happen. Right, right. Like, exactly. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think how you show up in one place, you show up in another, right? It's a different way of mm-hmm. saying that. And, you know, I, spe- I, I would say, especially now, 
uh, that sentiment is true, right? Where the mm. world has evolved so much where, you know, folks are working hybrid or remote, um, you know, everything is mixed up. I mean, I think the days, yeah. the days of, you know, at home, I'm one way at work. I'm another way, which by the way, again, I've never, uh, never, uh, uh, subscribed to, um, I think that's all definitely gone out the window. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and I'm here for it. I mean, on some level, and you have to be careful, right? That sometimes the bleeding of the two together Absolutely. can make it hard to set those boundaries. Which of. is why you want to have conversations about conversations. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, because if you're if you're withholding in one place, it mm. impacts the other, right? And mm. and you know, when you talk about dudes, um, you know, dudes have a tendency, right? Um, again, I'm going to make a generalization. There's clearly exceptions. Mm-hmm. Dudes have a tendency to keep things in. Right. Mm. Um, You know, men have a tendency to keep things in when they come home about what happened at work or vice versa. Right. And I do think that has a consequence because the more that you keep things in, um, like you said about emotions, they're going to bubble up somehow. They're going to they're going to get expressed somehow. And if you keep suppressing them, if you keep compartmentalizing them, if you keep pretending like they're not there, there will be an impact on how you're interacting and relating to others. Well, and 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 I wonder what the connection is, something that I've learned, you know, in um, personal explorations and, and talking to therapists is, you know, a lot of times anxiety, depression in men will show up as anger. And, you know, and I wonder what what's that relationship between um, not having the skills, not having the muscle, maybe not even feeling like you have the permission. Right. Right. Because, you know, I know that I've been conditioned very differently than probably you were culturally and socially conditioned, which is different than my husband. Right. And 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 also, you know, um, I think anger is this emotion that's totally acceptable for men to to express, whereas like vulnerability, sensitivity, sadness, right, right, maybe isn't as acceptable. What's been your what's been your experience with the just I mean, because you've worked with so many men over such a long period of time? Yeah, as you said, I've been running men's groups for a number of years, and I've got a couple now. And, you know, men often, you know, won't share uh, or won't divulge about themselves or what they're dealing with is is often because they don't want to feel like um, they're not doing it right, mm. um, that they're doing it wrong, in fact. Um, you know, if you're expressing to your partner at home or you go to work and you express any kind of doubt or any vulnerability about what's happening at home with your teenage kids, right, which anybody, anybody could relate to, um, it can be perceived as a weakness. You know, I mean, as men, you know, most of us are brought up to to the to the the language of toughen up, mm-hmm. you know, be tough, um, you know, boys don't cry, you know, don't be a sissy, um, don't be like your sister. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, often you get mocked if you do show a softness or a vulnerability. Um, you know, especially as boys get older, you know, I think there's um I think boys are celebrated when they're babies. And mm. then as they get older, I do think that there's a, a high level of shame. And, 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 um, and I think what happens is that we, we really start to, you know, what I like to call, we put on our Halloween costume, mm. you know, um, which includes putting on the mask, you know, putting on the, putting on the, you know, all the, all the accessories that go with the Halloween costume, you know, the, the blouse or the shirt, you know, the pants, uh, it's, you know, the headwear, all that, right, to protect ourselves. 
And I think that we spend so much time protecting ourselves and we spend so much time protecting ourselves by ourselves, right? Mm. You know, mm. so it becomes this like very small, lonely place. And I've got all this armor and Halloween costumes all over me with all these accessories. And this mask is, you know, wearing on me after weeks and months and years and decades. Um, yeah, we get pretty angry. Um, you know, it, mm. it, it's as if we, it, it's as if, we don't even realize that it's there. Um, just as a sidebar, I just want to say, I think anger gets a, a bad rap. I think anger is important to express. Mm. You know, um, you know, my, my kids play basketball, for example. I have two boys. Um, and they both play basketball. And, you know, when another player fouls my son or, you know, they block my son's shot or whatever the case may be, Although if they heard this, they would deny all that. Um, I get angry, right? I'm like, I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm frustrated. I'm angry, right? That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay to express that because I think, again, I think men, um, you know, are often told not to express anger, mm. right? So we, we get made wrong. It, mm -hmm. It's this, it's this weird it's, it's, cycle that's I mean, going on, you know. Yeah, no, I appreciate that clarification, and 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 totally agree, and um, and it's and and. And it's almost like you're not allowed to express many emotions. It's just right. like, here, here's the like, you can express, I mean, this maybe is an emotion, but it's a behavior, but like resilience and grit and toughness and, right. and, you know, and that idea of, of sensitivity and softness and hurt and all of those things. And one of the things that, um, you know, I'll, I'll probably weave in conversations that my Nick and I have had because yeah, we, we do right. talk about this and 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 so I see things through his perspective and as well as my own lived experience and you know one night we were we were chatting about it because he, he he's been on a journey and just to you know clarify I validate it with him that I can share some of this but because right. I always want to protect someone's story is their story it's not exactly. mine to share you know but 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 he he isn't motivated by like high career. He isn't like highly driven and it's taken him a while to untangle and unpack that from his sense of self. Right. And one of the things he said one night that was so profound was these these rules that have been placed on us from a gender perspective, it basically makes it so that none of us get to experience our full human existence. Exactly. That's a that's really that's really fabulous what you just said. And 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 spot on. You know, I you know, I know personally, and again, men I've worked with, we're, we're socialized and brought up to gain fulfillment, or at least this is what, this is what we're sold. Mm. The, the, the mm. goods that we're sold or the story that we're sold is that the way to be fulfilled is to, get, you know, land the big job, make tons of money, buy lots of houses and boats and have, you know, multiple homes and, you know, sweet looking cars and all that. And by the way, that's all awesome to mm -hmm. have right you know and obviously there's a yeah whole bunch, that's important a whole, to you whole bunch more and and you know and most men including myself no one ever said hey make sure you enrich your relationships mm. hey make sure that um you share your heart with mm. your people right um make sure that you know you lead by example uh, in ways of being around being respectful and being inclusive and being loving uh, and being vulnerable and being honest. Um, you know, we don't talk about those things, right, as being um, as giving us a sense of fulfillment. Um, I, I can say, listen, I, you know, you know, I've talked offline. Um, you know, I I'm dealing with cancer. I have cancer. I'm doing well. Uh, I'm still in my cancer journey. And I can tell you, 
um, you know, I've had a successful career. I've had lots of successes. I've had lots of, I mean, I've had more setbacks than successes. I've, I have a lot of material things. I can tell you the last six, seven months of my journey, what's been most profound, most powerful, and most important, and what's carried the day, literally, are my relationships, mm. are my people, is my support system. Um, and I know that the greatest lesson I've learned from these six, seven months is that that's what I want to tend to. And mm. I believe, I have to believe, uh, and I'm going to I'm going to be right about it because as human beings, we're always going to be right about what we're going to be right about is that spending more time and leaning in with my relationships moving forward, well, presently and moving forward, that everything else will come. You know, everything else will show up. Um, it, you know, it, it, when it's meant to show up, right? You know, from a material perspective and and, and all that. So, you know, I think as men, again, you know, one of the messages I want to get out is. Um, totally cool to be the top of your class or to, you know, strive to be the senior VP or CEO, you know, to make a certain amount of money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and at the same time, not at the expense of what you said, Sarah, about being fully expressed, you know, being your authentic self, right? Because I just, I just think that, you know, this, these Halloween costumes that we put on that we, we basically, and we keep on. And, you know, after, mm -hmm. if you think about it, if you think about how tiring and exhaustive that can be, right? Because, you know, we've all gone to a Halloween party dressed up and you come home and you're like, thank God I can take this off. Like, yeah, was, right. Like, like was, I just want to shed it. Right. Like, like it was fun, but like I've been perspiring and like the makeup is coming off and all that. But imagine, you know, men are, are mm. wearing these costumes for decades and I think that ultimately what we're carrying are secrets, right? Mm. We're carrying our secrets and our, inside of those secrets is where our power really lies. Because if we were able to loosen the grip, then we would actually, or another way said, share our vulnerability, right? Mm. Being, being mm. more authentic about what we're feeling, what we're contending with, what we're excited about, you know, what we're fearing, what we doubt, et cetera. Um, I honestly think that we would be freed up like you've never, could, you know, never imagined. And at the same time, I think that we would free up the people around us. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. the people around us, I think, are, are we're always dancing with everybody's ways of being, right? We're always right, like, dancing right. with each other. And I think when men are in their heads, right, um, and they're, you know, inwardly focused in their heads, um, People are dancing with that, and I think it makes others uncomfortable. It makes others feel insecure. It makes others potentially feel like they're doing something wrong. It makes others like want to try harder, even though they're not really sure what they're meant to be doing to change the situation, right? So if men can, again, loosen the grip on these secrets that we're carrying. And when I say secrets, mm -hmm. I mean, it can really be you know as simple as you know, I feel tired today or, you know, I'm really scared right now about my cancer. You know, literally last night, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was I was thinking about my mor my mortality mm. and it spooked me, you know, and, you know, I started to think about, you know, my father who passed and I'm thinking about my kids and wanting to be here. And 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 I just started to journal for a few minutes about it, just just to just to like be connected to it. Right. You know, rather than okay, I'll just sleep it off. 
or let me get on, you know, Facebook or something. Does that make me sound old getting on Facebook? Yeah, by the way? yeah, no, yeah. it totally okay. does. You did just say it you, yourself. You know, I, I meant, <laughs> I meant Instagram or Twitter, TikTok, um, TikTok or whatever. Um, um, but you know, I, I journaled for a few minutes on purpose just so that I could capture the moment and be connected mm. and be scared. I mean, and, and, Mm. I'm okay saying I'm scared. And at the same time, and I think this is what men don't get. Maybe humans don't get this because this is, you know, in my, when I'm coaching even women as well, but definitely with men, that you can be, you can have both experiences at the same time. Right, meaning right, right. one experience of being scared like I was in the middle of the night last night. And at the same time, being inspired or being hopeful, or being introspective, mm. or being connected, like both can exist, you know, mm. I think we're constantly taught, you know, um, you know, you can only be one way. And I think men in particular, when we're taught that way, we then compartmentalize. Yeah. And uh, I think it really, really harms the relationships around us. Because again, people are dancing with that. And I think it often leaves people feeling, feeling, um, like they've done something wrong and feeling wanting, right. wanting more. Yeah. And, and I think another way that I see that showing up, because that's something that I feel like comes up a lot in our work is a lot of things can be true at the same time. A lot right. of emotions can be existing at the same time. And, you know, and especially uh, and, 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 you know, what's coming coming up for me is a lot of times I'll see uh, the clients that I work with that are that are men, um, Especially when, you know, we start talking about relationships, because even though I'm working with executives, largely the work I'm doing is about relationships, which means it's not uncommon that we're right. talking about their partner, their spouse and their marriage. And, right, right. and there's this desire to want to, like, fix the problem that their 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 partner brings to the table or their, you know, their. Right. Um, and and some of that I often wonder is like from from an inability of sitting with the discomfort and sitting yes. with the complexity of the moment and that yes. that we don't have to fix that. I, ca I can't tell you, I mean, I've had at least a few different gentlemen, you know, when I'll say something like, well, so, I, you know, what came up for you? What do you feel? And they're like, oh, I don't feel anything below my neck. I was like, <laughs> oh, but you do. You just haven't. You've been yeah. literally conditioned to not listen to that. And in the same in the same way, you know, as I'm as I'm hearing this, right, I also hear it through the lens of my lived experience as being a woman is, you know, like we, we've been conditioned to not listen to our needs, right. to not advocate for our needs, to nurture right. and take care of other people. Right. And and it really is a muscle to right. be rebuilt. But it's not that it's not in there. It's, you know, absolutely. I, and I want to go back to. You know, something that you were, oh, there's so many, there's so much. This is why I was so excited for this, this conversation. You know, I, that language, how you described it is like secrets you're holding on to. Right. And, and I couldn't help, but uh, as you were talking and, and as I'm thinking about uh, the men in my life, the men that I support, how lonely, mm -hmm. how lonely that must be and, and, and how much of a burden that is to have to hold that because one of the things, I mean, we, we talk about it somewhat jokingly, right? right? My husband and I is when, if something were to happen to him before me, right? it would be hard, but I'd probably be like, I'd be able to navigate it because I have such a support, yes. emotional support system to, to hold me in that grief and to right. process with. Whereas like, he doesn't have that. And, and I think that that, I mean, that's something I'd, I'd really love to dig into because you, know, you talked, what was, you said, oh, protecting ourselves by ourselves. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a that's a statement right there. And and I know that, uh, you know, research shows that by the time, um, you know, a, a man is like 35 or 40, they have three quarters of a friend. And that often and often what happens is that if you do have a partner or a female partner, that they become your everything yes. from an emotional like support system, yes. therapist, all of that. And I, I just I want to hear your thoughts on that, because again, like in conversations that I've had, realizing that that's not healthy. Yes. It's not healthy. It's and not, it's not at all. Um, there's so many consequences. Well, that you just, you just, uh, you know, got on a landmine there. Um, you know, I had a COO of a company, um, hire me as their executive coach. And he literally said, you know, when I sat down to do my assessment, about, you know, should we, should we not work together? Mm -hmm. You know, what are your mm -hmm. goals? You know, sort of the, your typical first session, you know, if you will. He said, I, I need someone to talk to. And, and I said, what do you mean? He said, look, I, I've got lots of guy friends mm -hmm. and we go to the bar. Yes. Right. And I, we talk I, about. Like you're telling stories that I've, I've had told to right. me, like we talk about sports, but that's it. Sports and beer. That's it, Sarah. That's what we talk yeah, about. Yeah. And, and we, we talk about um, sports um, we talk about um, uh, work and we'll talk, you know, we'll do some passive aggressive, you know, quote unquote, funny jokes about our, our spouses, right? Um, you know, and or our kids, right? And that's about it. Mm. Uh, he said, I, I really need to talk to someone. I said, what do you need to talk about? He said, well, um, I just had my first child mm. and my wife and I are not intimate right now. Mm. Um, my father you know, who I'm really close with has cancer and he's dying. And, you know, we've had a challenging relationship all our lives. Um, I have a um, challenging relationship with another senior executive at the company. Um, and I feel like I'm on the outs and I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how mm -hmm. to express that to anyone. You know, my wife right now is dealing with a newborn, you know, um, you know, can't talk to my father. Um, the guys, you know, the guys that I go out for a drink or dinner with, you know, that's not what they want to talk about. So I need to talk to you, you know. Um, and so it's so, uh, you know, I, 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 that is pretty common. That's, you know, for, for starters, that that we don't as men feel like we have friends. Um, I remember um, I remember about 15 years ago, um, I was seeing a therapist and I said to him, I said to him, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm scheduling all these lunches with men, you know, you know, guys that I'm trying to get closer with. And I said, they keep canceling on me. Mm. And I said, what, why do they keep canceling? And he goes, cause they're scared. I'm like, why are they scared? He's like, cause you're an intense dude and you scare people because you want to talk about real stuff. Mm. And, you know, men are really good at being, being, being friends shoulder to shoulder, mm. right? So think about it, right? You're at the bar, you're shoulder to shoulder, right? You know, you're out at a networking event type environment. Generally, you're shoulder to shoulder, if you will, right? Men who play, you know, think about most of the men in today's environment playing video games, shoulder to shoulder, right? So when I think about my then therapist's comment about, well, lunch one-on-one -on -one is face-to-face, -face, mm. right? That's that's super uh, okay. Halloween costume, some of it's going to have to probably come off if we're going to have a real lunch conversation, right? Um, and I do think that, you know, during COVID, um, I think men experienced 
I think men have been experiencing a friendship crisis for years. And mm. I believe COVID really exacerbated that because think about it. What happened during COVID, especially, um, you know, in the first year or so, but and then certain, you know, parts of it afterwards, lockdown, restrictions, you know, restrictions on, you know, being indoors or number of people being indoors, et cetera, et cetera, right? So what we used to, as men, rely on, which is to go to the bar, right? Play softball, another, you know, another shoulder to shoulder. Mm -hmm. Watch a sporting game. Like I'm, I'm literally having the image of like, we're at a family event and all the, all the dudes are standing shoulder to shoulder. Whereas like, Women were like leaning into each other. Right. We're, we're like face to face, belly to belly, almost. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. And so, hmm. um, that's I th- so, I, so I that's think so co- profound. Sorry, that visual is like, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. And as soon as you said it, it was like, holy shit! I see this everywhere. Everywhere I see this, and I've never, I've never had that lens to look at it through. So, please continue on. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, and I think COVID, like I said, I think really, um, really, you know, shine the light on this, on all of what we're talking about, right? And I think it really messed with men. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the second men's group that I'm currently running, the way it started, actually, is that um, two years ago, right? So March, because I'm in New York City, so... Um, I know COVID sort of hit different parts of the country mm-hmm. at different times. We obviously were um, on the front end of it, right? So it was mid-March. I had a weekend retreat um, for men at the end of March of 2020, right? Actually, I think it was the weekend of March 28th. Mm-hmm. And we had about 25 men coming to the to the weekend. And, you know, COVID hit New York. Um, it was sort of the week of March 11th. Everything shut down. The place that we were holding the event uh, the weekend retreat event, um, you know, canceled appropriately, et cetera, right? So what we decided to do, I was co-facilitating with another man. Um, what we decided to do is let's, you know, since everyone has that weekend already carved out, let's be loving and supportive and mm. offer like a, like, a, like a Saturday, three, four hours Zoom, um, you know, sort of half session. We'll do some distinctions. Um, will be supportive because at that point people were spooked. I mean, not that yeah. people aren't spooked yeah. today, but you know what I mean. At that point, yeah. so there I was mean, just we, so much unknown, right? Mm-hmm. And we didn't know what we didn't know, right? So we we do the three hour plus session, right, with these with these twenty plus men. It goes amazingly, and then as we're starting to wrap up in the last fifteen minutes, one of the men said, "He said, could we do this again?" And I said, well, we're planning to reschedule the weekend. Now, I'm thinking, well, we're going to be rescheduling in a month, right? Mm-hmm. You know, s- silly mm-hmm. me. Here we are yeah, two years. Yeah, two-week two so, plan. Like, two, yeah, two, two weeks will be two great. Week plan. I said, well, we're planning to do this in a month or so, you know, whenever we get back. And he said, no, I understand that. He said, but in between now and whenever we reschedule mm-hmm. this retreat, I need someone to talk with. And, mm-hmm. you know, he said, could we do this again? And my co-facilitator put a poll up and asked, who else would like to do this again? Unanimous. Everyone said, "Do you know?" It was it was it was an anonymous poll, right? People could have said, "You know, not interested," and we would have been fine. My point is, that second men's group that I'm currently running or co, you know co-running started because one man spoke up and said, "I need to speak to someone," and I you know I think it's one of actually one of the silver silver linings of the COVID crisis, which is I do believe. 
you know, this particular group has about, you know, almost 15 plus men in it. Those 15 plus men, you know, are together and growing because one of them stood up and said, mm-hmm. hey, I'm, I'm scared. I mean, mm-hmm. he was basically saying, I'm scared. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Um, that, that, that's what it was code for, right? So it was really powerful. And here we are two years later, you know, with the second group because men needed a place, right, to just mm-hmm. – to, to do what you said, right? You said if something happened to your husband, Nick, by the way, great name, just saying. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's... <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I mean, I like the guy already, right? Um, uh, you know, uh, like you said, you have your support system. That's what he was really asking for. And it's why I believe all 20 plus men all said, yes, let's do yeah, this again. Yeah. And, and by the way, they kept coming back and mm-hmm. have been coming back, right? Um, you know... I want to I want to highlight or or build on the other comment you made about what often happens when we live in these worlds all by ourselves, right? Mm. Um, is that we end up our world becomes really really small, like super duper small, right? And you want to talk about a visual that's really really scary, right? Is that it's almost like you're like in a room like by yourself, you know, in mm. your man cave, if you will, right? And what happens is that you said it, men often, especially in, in I, I can speak more, more so on the heterosexual relationship side, men in heterosexual relationships will lean on their their wives. And you said it perfectly. They become they become the mom of the house, the project mm-hmm. manager of the house. They become um, uh, their therapist, their coach. Um, they, you know, when, when, you know, you come back from work or, you, you know, now again, living in the remote hybrid world, you're done with your day and you come out of your man cave, you're complaining or not complaining and not saying a word, right? Or you're like going outside to, 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 lo- you know, mow the lawn by yourself. Point is you're, you're relying on your, on your spouse for all of that emotional support and I think what happens, I think one of the consequences is that the the woman really becomes, and I think I mentioned this to you online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a I'm woman glad we're becomes, getting into this. Yeah, a woman becomes more like a mother. Right. And know, I, or I a big hear sister, that. or a big sister, you know. Right. Which which then has, I mean, which then has consequences to like your sexual intimacy, yes. which has consequences to your relationship intimacy. Yes. And I, I can't tell you how many, how many, how many women that I've heard you know, will say things like, I feel like I just have a fourth child. Yes. I feel like I have. And, yes. and, and, and it's not, that's not necessarily from like a, oh, I'm just going to complain about my husband sort of way, but because we get put into that position yes. of soul nurturer, yes, which is ultimately a mothering position. Yes. And, and like, and again, has so many implications from, from so many different levels. And, and even, you know, I've, I've had uh, similar conversations with other people. And, and, you know, I was talking with one therapist, and she said, listen, if you're, if you're viewing your husband like a child, or they're viewing you like a mother, like that, that's going to have significant ramifications, especially to your sexual intimacy. Game over. I mean, you know, game, it's, game, yeah, exactly. game, over. G- game over around the sexual intimacy. Um, game over even, um, you know, supporting each other and exploring each other's interest, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, immersing ourselves in each other, right? It becomes a relationship where, you know, you know, you 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 have dinner and you're talking about your problems, 
right? Um, or you're talking about your kids, right, as a mm-hmm. problem, right, and what you're going to do. But and often the men, and, and even in those cases, from what I found, they're always, you know, sort of, you know, allowing the 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 spouse to sort of make the the major decision. But the point is that, you know, when men um, are relying on their wives to, um, you know, fix things for them or make things better for them. Or to, which is what really happens, you talk about the anger piece, because mm. it's not just the sexual intimacy that goes away. What goes away is the safety that women have, yeah. I, I believe. I, I can't, listen, I'm not a woman, obviously. No, keep talking, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to speak for women, but mm-hmm. from, from what men have shared with me is that men will then unleash, mm. right? And, you know, and then that creates an unsafe environment, both for... Um, your spouse and also for your kids and, any, and anyone else who, you know, you're, you're taking care of because you're basically walking around the house like a walking time bomb, right? You're, right, and, and, right. And, and, and the people around you, as I said earlier, they're dancing with your way of being. They're walking on pins and needles. Listen, my dad used to come home. Um, he was a blue collar worker. Um, he worked his, his buns off, you know, to, to support us to this day. I have no idea how he supported our family and put Mm. my sister and I through private school, but it had a consequence, um, in that he would come home after, you know, 12 hours and he would just go upstairs and make a bath for himself. Mm. And he would sit in the bath and crank, you know, classical music for like an hour and a half. And honestly, like at the time, I didn't know what I was experiencing, but Today, what I think it was, was this uneasiness, like, yeah, is something like, did I do something wrong? Mm. You mm. know, um, does he not like me? Like, why is he up there mm. versus mm. down here, you know, wanting to go out and play catch with me or check in with me about homework or, you know, like what's going on or like, don't go upstairs, you know, like. Let him like do yeah, his like, thing. Yeah, like let him don't 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 interrupt dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I and I and I you know to go back to the the relationship with your partner, you know imagine you know, it, you know I, I imagine the dynamic now that gets exi- that exists right because I that I would imagine as a woman you become not only put in a position of again mother big sister but also there's a lot of resentment that starts to build up, right? Yep. Which is, yeah. wait a minute, hold on. You're yelling at me or yelling, you know, yelling, you know, yelling in general, or you're upset. Meanwhile, I'm having to deal with planning the vacation. You know, when is Johnny going to practice? You know, when does Susie have practice, right? Um, you know, we're, you know, we're planning a dinner date with our, you know, friend, you know what I mean? Cause, cause I, do, totally. you know, we, I mean, <clears throat> women do carry a, you know, a large, I call them the, the, they're not just project managers in the house. They are the um, they the archivist. Hold, the oh, that's a great know, word. They hold the like, space. They hold yeah. the space, right? And so, if you like, you said, I think that's why they that sentiment of well, I don't want to have a fourth child, yeah. right? Or you know, why? Like, what's going on with this guy? You know what I mean? And the, and the man becomes almost not even a child. It becomes so inadequate, like you know. Mm. And I think, and it, it becomes even even more consequential because I think men, we, I do believe men are, well, men and women both, I believe are wired to protect. Now we protect Mm -hmm. in different ways, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And both are great. And I think that when men start to interact with their spouses and their families in the way that we're describing, they no longer are providing the support and and, and the protection, 
and and that has like and i think that messes Mm. the whole dynamic Mm. of the Mm. house and it and also and also and also it can it you know if when you're when you're relying on your spouse to be everything it can can create an unhealthy dependency which sometimes then as a spouse maybe you feel like i can't be your everything i shouldn't be your everything like and and you know and and in the the world of of relationships we know that independence and intimacy or like independence is really important for connection. Yeah. And yeah. so when when you are the person's everything, like that also can become overwhelming for the partner of like I I can't I can't be it for you. I can't can't do right. all things for all all people. And it's and it's I I will say it's so common. It is something that I hear I mean, this dynamic you're describing of, right, defaulting to your partner being the the to- total nurture, right? The big sister, the, it is so common. And, yeah. and, and I think because I wonder, let me say this, I'll say it this way, like what's coming up for me as we're talking is, and because men aren't taught how to value, engage and, and, and develop relationships elsewhere. This is like the one relationship they know. They know the relationship right. with the mother. And so that just can transfer to the relationship with the spouse because there's no often no other deeply intimate, right, supportive relationships that they've nurtured or created or have in their life. So part of it, you know, and I think that's I just want to, you know, clarify this for anyone who maybe I don't think anyone's listening to this going like, oh, you're shitting on men like because we're not. <laughs> it's 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 how it's our, it's a social, you know, it's how we've been socialized. Yeah. Just, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so it makes sense to me as you're talking that, like, it makes sense that that, that relationship that is such an important bond as a child gets transferred when you don't have examples of what that can look like outside of that dynamic. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't thought about that before. So what, what also, what also starts to happen over time, right. As this dynamic is now evolving and the roots are growing and, you know, really settling in. Um, my experience has been that the spouse um, starts to, starts to make the husband wrong. Right. right. They're, they're right. so annoyed, right. They're so right. frustrated. And which is, which again, this is where it's, this is this, this, this wild cycle, right. Because what yeah. happens then is the woman makes the man wrong um, and sort of starts to have starts to lose their listening of them, right? And then mm-hmm. men men do not want to be made wrong, right? Because mm. again, then they feel like um, I'm less than, mm. I'm weaker, right? Mm. I'm not as strong as everybody else, right? Other other men in particular. And so, what do men then do? Well, they just go deeper into isolation, right? And mm. they'll stay away. Um, now, again, COVID messed all that up, but 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 it happened actually sort of real time in the house where men sort of locked themselves in their offices, if you will, mm. you know, claiming to be working, you know, overtime and all that. Right. Um, because I think what happens is a mentor of mine said years ago, um, she said, you know, um, we were in this sort of um, co-ed, you know, personal development workshop, series of workshops. And she would say to the women, what your men need is, ooh, baby, baby, you're the best. <laughs> Ooh, baby, baby, you're the best, and your man will do anything, right? And I do actually believe that men want that, or, or actually mm. need that, I should say, right? The problem is, if you have this dynamic going on, where I have no other friends, 
I have no other outlets. Oh, by the way, I can't see a therapist because that would make me feel weaker. Right. Think about think about the story I just told you about that one executive, right? Mm-hmm. Who said, I'm hiring you so I can talk to you. Yeah. Versus a therapist. Right, right. Right. Well, I, it's, it's okay I'll, to talk to an executive yeah, coach, no. <laughs> but not a therapist, right? I had somebody once go, why don't you just become a therapist, Sarah? Because like, then you would just like, you know, like you would never, you know, like have to wait for clients or whatever the case is like, you would just have a, and I said, because the people I work with, probably wouldn't see a therapist (laughs) and they need to. And I don't pretend to be a therapist, but a lot of, it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon that once I start my work with people that eventually it's like, I'm just, I can help you here, but I think a therapist can help you here. And it's like, I can bridge, bridge that gap. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of research about what you just said about men and their relationship to therapy, men and their relationship actually to, um, medicine, uh, um, their health and well-being, med- the, their medical yes. well-being, you know, men not wanting to go to the doctor or going mm. or going mm. less, right? Or, or you know, I can, again, tough it out or, you know, I don't want to show any, any, any pain, right? And, and again, we're often, again, I'm, I, I understand there's exceptions, but often we're doing this in this very isolated way mm. because, again, we, we have been conditioned to – the ex- the expressive side of us has been like ripped out of us, if you will, mm. you know, mm. um, and, and I and I and I think that happens again as we become, you know, as we get older and older and older. Right. You know, I I just thought, of, you know, just I got connected to why I even started my first men's group, which was about 15, 16 years ago. Um, I, you know, I mentioned I was seeing a therapist at the time and I said to him, I said, you know, I uh I want to, I want to, my my dad had passed away and I said, I want to create a new relationship with my dad, even though he's physically gone. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, I know that that's the keys to the kingdom in my relation, in how I relate to other men as well. Right. Mm -hmm. At that time, it was interesting at that time. Right. Um, I, I was the, I was the the guy I just described. My partner was my best friend. Um, I would, I would, almost exclusively hire women over men. I had no mm-hmm. trust for men, right? Mm-hmm. Men were like unsafe. Now understand my background, right? I grew up in, you know, Queens, New York, right. you know, sort of, you know, you know, you know, you know, relatively, you know, you know, tough neighborhood. Um, I was, you know, I played sports. I played lots of, you know, basketball, baseball, volleyball, um, very competitive, uh, you know, always. I was president of my fraternity, um, you know, I was definitely what you would call a guy's guy, right? And I can tell you the entire time, and I'm not, I don't, there was, I don't know if there was ever an exception. The entire time I felt totally alone, totally mm. isolated, totally misunderstood, um, was scared to death to ever mm. say how I really felt or to really sort of step out of line, right? Mm. Um, and, and so 15, 16 years ago, I realized you know, geez, I really, before, before my game is over, <laughs> I really have to change this, you know, because mm. if it's unfair to me, you know, um, yeah. you know, you know, going back to like, and at that time I had, you know, secured the title and, and, and material successes and, you know, and, and sort of all those symbolic things that men are taught to, to strive for, but I was completely unfulfilled. Yeah. You know, my relationships were, 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 you know, 
in a, in in a, in a disempowered place, right? So, and I remember when we started our first men's group. So I actually started it with this therapist, and it was a group of about eight or nine men. And I remember in the first session thinking, "Holy crap, these guys are like exact." I'm, it's like a mirror. Mm, We're mm, all talking mm. about the same stuff. I mean, different circumstances. Sure. The experience, though, the same, right? The experience of, of again, feeling alone, um, feeling like we have to protect, have you know, feeling like again, we have to be you know, inauthentic, so that we could fit in and look good, um, so that again, we're not called out as a sissy, or you know, a tree hugger, or or you know, you're not really a man, or you know. Mm. You, you know, all those, all those really derogatory, you know, awful, mean things that you know men get, you know, um, are scared to, you know, reveal because they don't, they don't want, they don't want that shame. Yeah, yeah. More with Nick Papadopoulos in a moment. If somebody is listening, I want to, I want to, I want to think about this answer through two lenses. So for our our male audiences, like our, our men who are listening, who are probably going, you just have spoken my truth in a way that I don't think I maybe realized or didn't have the courage or whatever. I, I have no doubt that there are going to be profound impacts from this conversation. Where where would somebody start when they go, but I, I wanna I wanna start to change that? Because it's not as simple as it's not as simple as just like, okay, well, now I'm going to be vulnerable. Well, now I'm yeah. going to be intimate. And now I'm going to be this because it's so deeply woven into your, you know, I worked with a coach once and she, she coaches through the lens of systemic oppression. Okay. And, and one of the things that, that we were talking about for myself of, uh, you know, just some like very like white dominant cult, like corporate culture norms of hustle and all of that. And she's like, it's not as simple as plucking the weed from your garden. Say, well, I don't want to value that anymore. Right, she's like, it's right. literally intertangled with your weeds. But every time you notice it, it's like a micro incision. And you just got to keep cutting it and cutting it and cutting it until eventually it becomes quieter. So what's your recommendation for people at, at, at home who are listening to this, who are thinking, how do, I, how do I even start? It's so scary to even think about that, but right. I want to. What would be your, your recommendation? Um. I would say acknowledgement, mm. you know, the, I, I believe it's really courageous and vulnerable to acknowledge where you are, mm. right? That, um, and, and when I say acknowledge, it's not just acknowledging that you want something different. Um, that's obviously part of it. Cause I think that's, that's sort of the, one of my favorite questions is, you know, after you have a conversation like we're having, which is really what you're doing, which is, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, OK, mm-hmm. now what do we do? Right. Um, the acknowledgement is also that, um, you know, a part of you has been taken away. Mm-hmm. You know, a part of mm-hmm. you has been squashed. Right. A part of you, a part of you, there's a part of you that you don't know that you don't know. Right. That there's a part of you that um, you don't like. There's a part of you that you do like. There's a part of you that. Um, you, you want to explore. There's a part of you that knows that there's something different. I think I think the acknowledgement of it, I think, is really really important, and then sharing it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always like to say, um, you, you know, if the world happens out here, 
right? Literally out, outside of your head, not in your head. And men often are living in their heads, which, by the way, is the man cave for me, at mm, least. Mm. For me, the man cave is our head. I know, I know there's the physical, the visual of the man cave with the big TV and, you know, the darkness and, you know, you know, cheese doodles or whatever, potato chips all over the place. <laughs> Maybe that's just my, my, my room. But um, I think the man cave is really our, our, our heads. Mm. And the world happens outside of us. And I believe, and I think this is actually for anyone who's looking to transform, the best way to start changing your relationship to anything and to anyone is by taking what you have in your head and putting it out into the universe, putting it out into the world, right? And sharing it with others. Because that's actually what happened in that first men's group for me, which is as I sharing, I mean, creating that group was my share, right? That was the acknowledgement. That was the, okay, well, now what? Now what? Let's create a men's group. Oh, by the way, this is an important sidebar. That therapist who I created the men's group with didn't want to start a men's group with me. Mm, mm. He said to me, men, men, men wouldn't go for it. And by the way, the way that it even came up for me was the, 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 the woman that I was, I was with at the time was in a women's group and she would mm. come home and tell me like how amazing, right? And all that. Sure. Yeah. And 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 she would say to me, and and a lot of times I would start to complain or vent and she would say, no, nope, nope. She goes, go tell your dudes. Don't tell yeah. me. Right. Um and you know, and then there were times where she would start to share with me about something she was upset with and she'd say, you know, let me let me stop that. Let me let me go take that with my ladies, right? Mm. And I remember going to him and saying, hey, this she's got this great thing going on. Let's do it. He's like, men won't do it. Men travel too much. You know, mm. men will cancel too much. Men will make excuses too much. And I said, we've got to do it. And I persisted. And I, I'm, if I'm one thing, I am definitely persistent. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm going to be right about what I'm going to be yeah, right, right about, right? <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I would say the best place to start, Sarah, is the acknowledgement and mm. then more importantly, sharing it. Um, because for me, as I started to acknowledge and share, it's how opportunities started to open up for me to um, explore new parts of me or all parts of me, right? Parts of me that I had, you know, that either forgotten about, suppressed, or didn't even know were, were there. Um, you know, as I acknowledged and started to share, all of a sudden, you know, people will say things like, hey, why don't you go to this workshop? Mm. You know, my dad passed away in 1996, and I went to a workshop, um, you know, about five or six years later, and I had not cried, mm. um, you know, and not that you need to cry, but sure. to, to mourn someone, and at the same time, that is an expression, right, um, a place that many of us go to, to, to heal or get to a different place, right? Um, but those first five years after his death, I had... You know, it was very much, you know, like, check the boxes. You know, I've done all the right things. I check in on my mom, right? Um, you know, um, I took care of the all the things that I'm supposed to take care of as the man of the house. And I remember going to this workshop. And it was a week, a four-day workshop. And the first two and a half days, I was, I didn't say a word, hmm. right? Now, here I had, been, I had been opening up and acknowledging and sharing. But now I'm like, now I'm like facing... Now I'm like facing it, right? Like, you know, you, you know, be careful what you ask for. And here I'm in this workshop and one of the, you know, and God bless her, um, one of the coaches came up to me and said, look, there's an exercise 
that's going to happen this afternoon that I really, really want you to, you know, let go. Like, this is like your chance, you know? And she actually said to me, she said, she said, I want you to let go, not just for you, but for the people in the room. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? And I even got mad at her, right? And this mm. was like my defense. Like, she's like, people, again, I keep going back to this theme of people are dancing with your ways of yeah. being. She said, yeah. you have a presence, you have, a, mm. you have an energy about you and you're shut down and you're angry and there's like steam coming out of you and it's impacting the room. Now, it's okay to have your experience, right? So it's not right. Um, she wasn't saying don't have your experience and understand. There's, there's impact. There's impact, right? Now, in the corporate world, we call that having emotional intelligence, right? Having, mm-hmm. having emotional awareness, um, which at that point, I definitely was not uh, going to pass with any, any, you know, by any means. But she said to me, come back after lunch and really let go. And it was basically a, 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 a visualization exercise around our relationship with our mothers and our fathers. And I said to her, I mean, this is how scared I was to, to, to be face to face, you know, versus shoulder to shoulder. Because mm. here I was in a workshop shoulder to shoulder and I was steaming. I said, okay, um, I'll, I'll, I'll let go, whatever that even means, as long as you put me in the back of the room and I'm facing the wall where no one can see me. Now imagine mm. this, right? Imagine uh, like, see, this is what I mean about like all the work yeah. that I was doing to protect myself. Like, it's like t- tiring even like reconnecting to that right, right now, right? Like, sure. And, and so the, the facilitator started with the music, um, actually I remember it was Roberta Flack's song the first time, the first time I ever saw you. And he starts to talk about, you know, you know, you know, picture your mom as a young woman. I'm, I'm sorry, picture your dad as a young man. And I just, mm. and all I know is an hour and a half later, I like came out of a trance. I had, um, it was wintertime. I had my sweater like wrapped around my head. I had like soaked the sweater from the crying because of, of you could just imagine like what I was holding on to, right? Right. right? So to me, it goes back to your to your question. It's the acknowledgement, it's the sharing, and it's the willingness to, you know, look for those opportunities to allow yourself to lean in, you know, um, versus leaning out. Mm. You're such a gift. I'm Thank not done you. with you yet, but I just want to pause. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate and I, that. I so appreciate you sharing that and, you know, not only sharing with me, but everyone who will be in communion, communion with us, right. In community in these conversations yeah. and, um, yeah. So I just want to pause on that moment a second. Thank you. I, um, one of the things that that I've noticed is in watching my Nick and his journey and trying to lean into his vulnerability, you know, both with me and right. with with his, you know, with those around him, friends, family, is that so often it, it is like the secret amongst men, you know, that, right. you know, he he has a very close relationship with my my siblings and and particularly one brother and like 
they both are just working on leaning in together. And, and, right. and, and it's like this, like, oh, this is something we can talk about. This is something we can do. And there's such a because there is such a craving for connection. I mean, we are humans. We we want to be connected to people. We we want to feel safe with people. We want to be seen and heard. And we've been so conditioned. So now I'm curious to hear the flip side is if you are, let's say, you know, me, the wife, talk to me, the wife, Mm -hmm. um, because that's something I've had to learn to even untangle for myself is to not dismiss or minimize or be like, this isn't that big of a deal, but to to really uh, honor and notice the courage that I know it takes, right? Whether it's whether it's my Nick, whether it's clients that I'm working with or whatever the case is. So what are some things that we can be thinking about as the friends, the family members, the partners, right? um, When you see uh, a man in your life, maybe starting to step, step into this. Cause, cause I, I know sometimes what can happen is like, because the, the, the role is being shifted, that sometimes I have clients whose spouses are just like, what are you doing? Like, you don't need to do that. And they just sort of shut it down because we've all been conditioned yes, to believe yes. that we show up a certain what, way. What a great point. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, this is, this is, I know we've been talking about men, men, you know, male transformation. Uh, the transformation is really, it's a human conversation. Mm. It's a human transformation, right? Um, mm. My partner will not like me for this. Um, you know, um, one of the ways that I'll answer your question about what can the spouse do differently or how it's actually not even about doing, it's really about being right. How how can, how can they be different? Right. So, uh, I remember, um, you know, in the last couple, you know, last couple of years, I live in the city. So in the city, you don't really need a a car, but, um, you know, we, we, we bought a car and, and I remember, um, you know, when we bought the car, um, you know, talking to her about, um, and we bought a second home in Connecticut, in, on the coast of Connecticut, about two hours from the city. And I said, you know, I'm really worried about if the car breaks down, um, what, what I'm, what we're going to do. And she goes, well, what do you mean? She goes, she goes, you're a man, you know how to change a tire. Mm. Now mm. my part, my partner is, is a, um, radically progressive she sure was, yeah she was it's in those a, those weeds they're in our system yeah in our DNA. i mean she was in a legit rock band you know yeah. for many years she's an <laughs> artist right she's that kind of a human right you know um she's a feminist i mean yeah. you know she is you know you know hear me now hear me roar you know powerhouse right and she's like well you know how to change a tire you're a man you know you should you should know how to do that and it was it was, and and I said I really don't. And her reaction was, "What are you talking about?" You know, and mm. and I'm. It's not about making her making her reaction or her wrong, but when women are conditioned in the way that I just right. described, right? Right. Um. You know, women need to be aware of that. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two. What men fear most is shame. Mm. Like, sh- mm. like, like, you, like. I was, I felt shame. Not that that was her intention. Mm-hmm. She is the most loving human. She loves me beyond, you know, beyond belief, right? And at that time, the experience I had was shame that I was mm. less than, that I was mm. small, that I was doing it wrong, right? Listen, men want to please their 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 women, their partners. I mean, they really, really do, actually, um, and so. I think as as women um, or for the women out there, my 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 request would be is one. You know, elevate your emotional 
awareness and intelligence, just like we've been talking about for men to do around, again, what are your, you know, well, you should know how to change mm, tire mm-hmm, conversations, mm-hmm, number one. Number mm-hmm. two, understand that when when you go to a place of shame, like, what do you mean you don't know how to do that? Mm. Right. Um, you know, as a man, I, again, I feel like, well, Oh my, like, oh my gosh, again, not only do I feel like I've been made wrong, okay, I can't even protect you now. Because if we mm. if we break down on the road, um, now most men who are listening to this are going, dude, just get a service, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> one of those AAA things, right? I get it. I, I, yeah. I get it. But that's not, I mean, that's the context. That's, I mean, like, that, that's, 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 the that's logical, right? Yeah, but that's, like, that's, our, that's not how our brain is processing it. That's, that's the content. Um, the context is really about... Um, again, understand that the kryptonite for men is shame. So mm. don't shame men. Understand what your disempowering narratives are about men. Mm. Mm. Um, I, I would also say that, um, you know, for women to celebrate, um, you know, when men open up. Yeah. Um, and not get scared that they've opened up. It, and not get scared um, – that they can't protect them, if you will, or their yeah. families. Yeah. And, and I'm not implying that women need protection. That's not what I, I'm talking no. about. Contextually, I'm talking, right? That, oh, my man just expressed that he had a bad day at work. And, oh, my God, he's going to get fired. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the woman goes into this mama role, you know, mama yeah. bear role, like, you know, Nick, you, you know, better write a nice email to your boss. And the next time you talk to him or her, Mm -hmm. you know, do this and don't, no, 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 no. Like allow me the space to, Mm. to open up with, with, without again, making me feel like I did something wrong and Mm. going into that sort of critical parent, that critical parent Mm. place. The other thing I'll say is, and I think the men listening will like this. (laughs) I do think that men, um, I do think that men, part of our process in processing and in dealing with stuff sometimes is to withdraw for a moment, Mm. to go into that man cave for a moment, right? And to allow us to do that, allow us our process, allow that to take place. Now for the men, if you can sort of follow this, for the men, what's important, this goes back to elevating our emotional awareness and intelligence, for the men to communicate Hey, Sarah, I'm going to the cave for a moment. I'll be back. I'll, I'll come back down from the mountain in a day. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, like, yeah, have yeah. no fear. Yeah. I will be back better than ever. I'll be rejuvenated. I'll be, you know, I'll come back with the answers you want. Right. I think that's how men and women um, can have healthy relationships in that, um, again, you know, men communicating they need that space. And for for the woman or, you know, for the woman in that relationship to go, my man needs that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and my man also needs to go to his men's group, whatever mm-hmm. that men's mm-hmm. group is. Mm-hmm. If it's a prayer group, um, if it, even if it is, you know, softball team or what, like, let him go do that thing rather than mm-hmm. you're not home enough. Mm. You know, mm. you're not doing enough with the kids. You're not involved enough with the kids. I'm not saying that not to have those conversations. Right, There's a way right. to have them in a healthy, empowered way yeah. without, again, a man feeling shamed. Because, again, I'm telling you, that's the kryptonite mm. for, for a man. So the dynamic is let your man have his space. L- allow them. And at the same time, the man has to also like I said, has to have that conversation and be responsible in his communication around, 
I'm going up to the mountain for a moment because I need, or I'm, I need to go play softball or whatever, or whatever it is. I'm going to my men's group, right? Um, and let me go, let me go work it out over there, right? Let me go to my coach. Let me go to my therapist. Let me, let me go work it out there first and then come back to you. And I promise yeah. I will come back to you. Yeah. Coach Nick, we could talk. We, <laughs> we could, could talk, talk forever. We're talkers. I mean, We're talkers. Well, yes. And I'm, it's such, it's such important work and it's such important conversations. And, and there's so much we haven't even been able to tap into, right? We've been talking about this, you know, from a very sort of hetero, heterosexual perspective Absolutely. and like, and what does that look like in, in, uh, uh, you know, gay relationships, what does it look like in, in uh, all types of different types of relationships. And then also even just, you know, it's like, I'm thinking about just even, you know, like age dynamics and, you know, like, and what is, and, and what's similar when you have children and what's different about that. And, right. and there's, and there's so, there's so much, I, I would love when the time is right um, to have you back on. Great. This I appreciate has been that. Thank you. Thank such you. a gift. And, um, and thank I just, I, I thank you so much and I wish you nothing but healing and heart filled energy as you navigate this time. And there's, thank um, you. the work you're doing is so important and thank you for sharing that with us. Absolutely. No, I, I appreciate that. This has been, this has been, this has been fun. Um, you know, let me just say this cause I, I, I think it's appropriate based on the title of your podcast. Um, I have gay men in my men's groups and I've had mm. them, you know, so we've, I've had gay men, heterosexual men, um, regardless of, um, your gender identity, again, you know, what kind of, you know, uh, sexual preferences you have, um, what hasn't been always common is that when men lean in and have conversations, mm good stuff happens. Mm. And that, that, that would be, you know, my final thought is when in doubt, lean in and have the conversation, mm. whatever that conversation is. Again, if it's just, here's where I am, here's what I need, you know, here's where I feel, you know, what's missing, you know, what do you need? Um, you know, how can I be supportive to you? Um, you know, I think that, I, that that's, it, again, that's regardless of, of, you know, heterosexual relationships or gay relationships. When conversations happen, good things are mm. always, always blossoming. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I normally ask a question, but we won't have time because okay. of our time constraints, which just means you have to come back. Okay. So that right. we can ask Cliff, you. A cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger. Okay. <laughs> How, for people who are listening to this and want to follow you, uh, learn more about the work that you're doing, work with you, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Well, I appreciate you asking. And, and again, thank you for having me on here uh, and for this conversation. So my email is coachnick at coachnick.com. So I keep it simple, mm -hmm. more so for myself. Um, <laughs> on Twitter, coachnickNYC. Um, I'm proud of my, my city. Yeah. Um, um, that's another way to get in touch with me as well. Um, and I also have a website, coachnick.com. Perfect. So. And we'll put all of that in the show notes. I highly, Great. I highly recommend you follow Nick. I don't even remember how our paths crossed. It crossed on Twitter. And it did. I know. Yeah. And, and I don't remember the moment or where I like, you know, someone shared something or, and I, you know, I can say as, uh, just, 
there's so much that I've learned and have appreciated from following your content and being able to attend some of the webinars that you were hosting previously. And again, it's just such an honor to have you on the show. So thank you for for being with us. Thank you for being part of my support system. Uh, Again, um, my support system, um, which includes you and your husband, Nick, has been everything. Um, on this, you know, my, my current journey, this cancer journey, and just overall <clears throat> provided me great fulfillment. So thank you. Thank you. Our guest this week has been Coach Nick, Nicholas Papadopoulos. And I, I, always, I always have just pages of notes, but two things that I'm really going to hold on to is that idea that he shared quite a few times of that people are dancing with your ways of being. Um, Thinking about that for myself, thinking about that and how I can bring that into the work we do with leaders. Uh, The other one that is really holding tight to me is that idea of of men and their relationships as being shoulder to shoulder instead of out front and thinking about what role can I play in helping the men in my life be able to loosen that grip and be their full true selves. We want to hear from you. So you can reach out to us at podcast at com. You can find me on social media where my DMs are always open. We want to hear from you. What resonated? What are you curious about? If you'd like to find out more about the work that we do and how we can help you or your team have the conversations that matter, check us out at com. You can also pick up a copy of my latest book, Don't Feed the Elephants, wherever books are sold. And if you'd like to support the show, please consider becoming a patron. You can visit patreon.com slash conversation on conversations, where not only your financial support will sustain this podcast and our amazing team that makes it possible, but you'll be able to get access to some pretty great benefits as well. Uh, Also, if you haven't already done so, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. You can do so on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. This helps us get the word out and continues to allow us to bring on amazing guests each week like Coach Nick. Thanks to our amazing and incredible team who makes this podcast possible. You're listening to me only because I have them around me. To our producer, Nick Wilson, our sound editor, Drew Knoll, transcriptionist, Olivia Reinert, and marketing consultant, Caitlin Summit Nelson. And just a big wholehearted healing thank you to Coach Nick Papadopoulos for joining us today and having such an amazing conversation. This has been Conversations on Conversations. Thank you for listening. And remember, when we change the conversations we have with ourselves and others, we can change the world. So I wish you all well. Please make sure that you stay rested and rehydrated. And we will see you again soon. Bye.